How does Mandalorian start? Bada bum. Okay. Bada bum bum. Ready? Bada bum. Oh, wait. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a thanks for participating bonus episode. I am Josh, one of your hosts. Typically, I am joined by my wife, Sydney. However, today, for a bonus episode, I am joined by a very, very special guest, one of my dear friends from the world of podcasting, Mr. Riot. You may know him from <laughs> Granny Shifting, from Dad Reads Books, from a sort of Star Wars podcast a podcast that's sort of about Star Wars and sort of about everything else. Riot, how yes. are you? Good, good, good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, I'm glad I could join. I felt like when you introduced, introduced me as not Sydney, I felt like I had to sing a song because she's like always singing, you know, during the intro. Oh, yeah. So, uh, of course, I thought of the Reading Rainbow song because that was in a recent episode, but I won't, I won't turn people away immediately. Gotcha. I... Uh, <laughs> It's funny those uh, uh, sound bits that I that I catch of her singing are always from uh, a sound check before we even really start the episode. <laughs> we just turn on the mics and I hit record without her knowing, and then I'm like, okay, okay, mm. test your mic. And so she'll start talking, and then she thinks the sound check is over, and then she'll just start like humming or singing to herself. But I'll like yeah. catch the whole thing, and then I'll just put it at the beginning of the episode without consent and uh, catch her off guard. <laughs> Has she ever been like, why did you put that at the beginning of the episode? Uh, sometimes, but usually she's just like, "What? Why would you do that? That's so stupid." But then so, most of the time she's just like, "But also, it's kind of funny." So yeah, yeah, I enjoy them. I enjoy them. Awesome. Okay, so today the reason why we are doing a bonus episode um, is because this episode will be released on May fourth. Which, for oh. those of you who may not know, if you lived a sheltered life, uh, is Star Wars Day. May the 4th yes. be with you. Yes. And I thought it only fitting to invite the CEO of Star Wars Podcasting onto <laughs> our show. Uh, it's such a niche genre. So, like, it's not hard to be, like, king, of course, of the uh, Star Wars Podcasting world. But, right. you know. Um, yeah. It's really hard for, I'm sure, podcast listeners to even find a Star Wars podcast. To <laughs> You search Star Wars and uh, the only podcast that you... Um, get uh, search results for all have to do with uh, the the Civil War. <laughs> yeah. Did you mean Civil Wars? <laughs> yeah, that's what Google auto corrects to. People don't even know what Star Wars is. Right. But, yeah. But you're Star you're Wars pioneering is, is a, a you're pioneering a new industry. 
it's really not a great uh, podcast topic to get into, Star Wars. If you're, like, you're starting a new podcast. I mean, they say to podcast about what you love, right? Uh, that way you don't run out of material. But if you want to like have a very super successful podcast, Star Wars might not be the thing that you want to jump into. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm doing it wrong. Or, yeah, there's just like 40 million of them. But it's all right. I enjoy it. I love it. So it's funny. I know you didn't ask me a question, but I'm going to talk anyways. Uh, <laughs> at work, so this happened a lot when Boba, the episodes of the Boba Fett show were coming out. You know, like I'd watch them and then someone from work would come in and talk to me about it. So I talked to them about it for like 10 minutes, you know, and then they go away. And then a half hour later, someone else comes in. I talk to them about like the same things, but like slightly different for another 10 minutes, you know, and then they go away. And then someone else would come in and be like, did you see da, da, da? And then I'm like talking about either Boba Fett or how Boba Fett related to the Mandalorian, related to, you know, Yoda, you know, all this stuff for another 10 or 15 minutes. And someone asked me, where's like, don't you get tired of talking about Star Wars? I'm like, no, never. <laughs> like, I would never get tired of talking about Star Wars. So, yeah. You're like, I, one of my I, main creative outlets is literally talking about Star just Wars. Just talking about Star Wars. <laughs> so I could not get tired of it. And the thing that, like, I do know a fair amount about Star Wars. I don't know, like, I don't know a ton, though. Like, I've seen all the movies. I know a lot of, like, random stuff. Uh, the one day at work, the guy's like, oh, do you know what the difference is between a TIE fighter and an X-Wing? And I said, well, a TIE fighter has a twin ion engine. And they're like, I'm like, that's what TIE stands for. And so like, I know like stupid stuff like that, right? Like, but there are so many people out there who know so much more than me. That's so easy to like gain knowledge in it. Like I don't right. need to, if I'm looking for it, I can find more information or if I'm happy with what I'm at, I just enjoy the movies that I watch and that's it. So that's what I like about Star Wars podcast world. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. I feel like I know as about as much as there is to know about Star Wars from someone just watching movies. Mm, um, I've yes, seen them yes, yes. so many times over and over again that I I know them inside and out pretty much. Uh, but just recently, I've seen some of the shows, obviously Mandalorian. Um, mm -hmm. I watched, I actually watched that for the first time, I think a year or two after the first season came out. And then we watched season two as it was coming out and Book of Boba Fett, but then also the animated shows. Mm -hmm. um, just last year during COVID, I uh, binge watched through all of them. And, uh, and I've only read, as far as books go, uh, I listened to a few audiobooks. I think I listened to Darth Plagueis mm. and, um, oh, oh, and I listened to the, the new Timothy Zahn, uh, Thrawn. Oh, the Thrawn. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I've. Like the Thrawn. There was two by Timothy Zahn, right? Two trilogies recently by Timothy Zahn. There's like the Thrawn and then the Thrawn Ascendancy. No, Thrawn. I think, so there's Thrawn and then Thrawn Alliances or Allegiances or something is the second one. And the third one is Thrawn Treason or, or something. But then there was a whole second trilogy. That's also like a recent one? Right. That's oh, I had no Thrawn idea. again. Yeah. Uh, what, wasn't he the one that also wrote Heir to the Empire? Right, right, right. Yeah, he wrote that one too. Gotcha. Which I'm finally getting a guy at work to listen to. See, the thing is when you search Thrawn Trilogy, it just comes up with the Heir to the Empire Trilogy, which is pretty interesting because I wouldn't consider that. I mean, now I used to consider that the Thrawn Trilogy, but now I consider the two new ones. But anyways, I haven't read any of those, but I've heard Guacamole is reading through those and she loves them. So yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it was, there were, there were parts of it that I just, 
just flew over my head because it was so into like battle mechanics and you're just right. like picturing like ah this is happening in space like what's what's going on like there's yeah. all these different like uh naval fleets in uh, anything anyway did you read it you said or you listen i, to I it? Listen, listen to it okay yeah uh i used to work at a uh at ups in their warehouse and i'd load packages okay. in the mornings and so while i was loading packages i would listen to it and so uh, it would keep my mind you know, sort of occupied, but also there were parts of it that were just like so slow moving or so mm. like convoluted that it like my brain just like skipped right over him. Did Mark Thompson read those? Do you know? Oh, I could probably look it up. I'm sure it's still on my Audacity app. You mean um, Audible? He, uh, my he, Audible, yeah. Yeah. He read the original, like the Air of the Empire trilogy, and that's one that I have on my Audible. Uh-huh. Um, and he does such a good job of like doing everybody's voices um well he did back when he did because in the old one you had like you had leia and 3po and luke and you had like han you had all those people and he did all the voices for them so it was a different voice for each character i don't know if he did it for the if he did the same thing for this one and there was like sound effects and music and you know all that kind of stuff yeah yeah uh, it, yeah so it, it had the all same that thing. oh yeah and okay. yeah and it's mark thompson i just looked at that okay yeah it was similar where it was it felt there was enough added um, elements to it that it kind of felt like a, not necessarily cinematic, but like more like performative mm-hmm. than just like reading. Right, right. Yeah, it was funny because you're talking about like how much you know, like you know enough, like you can't know anymore, whatever you said. You you know yeah. as much <laughs> as you can know while watching just the movies. Because we were trying to come up with, I was like, oh, we should do like a thanks for participating thing where I introduce you to something. And I'm like, well, I only really know about Star Wars. Um, I know he likes Star Wars. So I was like, there's no way he's seen the holiday special. And I just watched that this last year. And I asked you about it. You said you saw it twice. Nobody sees it twice. Nobody even sees it twice. Like, how could you have seen it twice? Uh, There was one time where I, um, in high school or something, looked it up on YouTube and I had heard about it and I like watched it and I was just like, this, this sucks so bad, but I am not a quitter and I'm going to finish it. Um, but then just, uh, this past Christmas, I was at, uh, Sid's parents' house and she had a few cousins over and they put me in charge of choosing a movie or a show or something. So without even telling anybody what it was, I just turned it on, on the TV and (laughs) 10 minutes into it, they were like, what in the world is this? And, uh, I think her dad recognized it from when it, uh, originally aired on Mm, the TV spot, but. Um, it was just funny. I was just laughing the whole time, watching their reactions. They're like, "What the? All the the shriwook and no English." Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can get through that, I mean, if you can get to the part where the bartender is pouring the drink into the top of the guy's head, then you just you just gotta watch till the end. I mean, when you get to that point, oh man, because I never made it to that point before this last Christmas. I'm like, I'm watching the whole thing, um, and I did, I did it. That's a uh, it's a major accomplishment. You yeah, be proud people of have those like you know twenty six point two stickers on the back of their car. They need one for like I watched the holiday special. <laughs> like that's like an achievement. Like, or like, uh, goes on the back of your car. Or if you go to a, a theme park and you buy the the t shirt from the gift shop that says like I survived the <laughs> right, whatever exactly. biggest roller coaster scariest ride. Right. You know, I, survived I survived the George Lucas's Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch the Lego one. That one was pretty good actually. Yeah, I um, actually I remember that coming out and i was thoroughly uh entertained i was yes i thought it was very very charming very very well done yes yes i enjoyed that one 
Um, as far as like other Star Wars canon and lore and knowledge out in the zeitgeist, I I feel like I'm much more of the like much uh, more ignorant to what's out there because I feel like a lot of um, like really really hardcore Star Wars fans, a lot of their knowledge comes from like Star Wars video games. Mm, yeah. Um. And are are there storylines in games that are considered canon to Star Wars? Uh, I would. Yeah, I would say probably since Disney bought them, anything, gotcha. any. I'm not sure exactly. I the one that recently came out, um, Fallen Order. I think that one's considered canon because that Cal Kestis is the main character, mm-hmm. and he was at a Star Wars event not long ago. Like the actor who plays him, who also just looks like the video game character. Um, he was at some sort of Star Wars event. So I'm a, well, I guess that doesn't necessarily mean he's can't it's canon, but I'm pretty sure it is. Um, and what else did they? Uh, that game also had um, a droid that was in the new was in the Boba Fett se- uh, first season, um, and people were relating it like this was Cal Kestis's droid that was in this, but this I don't know, but I think it is considered canon. But like older ones, like Force Unleashed, Knights of the Old Republic. I don't think those would be considered canon because they're before Disney bought them. Oh, so, gotcha. Um, yeah, a lot of it does come. I I hear a lot from video video games. I also hear a lot from comics. Comics is nothing. Is something that I never really got into. Um, but so many people like a lot of those are canon. But I have no idea what's in them. So people know these facts. Uh, also, Wikipedia. I mean, people know so <laughs> much. I think people just like yeah, I fall into this where you start looking at Wikipedia for one thing. You know, you're looking for like what is a Nemoidian's average lifespan, you know? And you end right. up like, how did Darth Maul get turned from a regular, you know, Zabrak into, you know, whatever he is, knight brother or whatever he is. You know, you like end up in these like long, like you start off, it's like the YouTube, you know, uh, what are they yeah, called? exactly. Rabbit hole type thing. Um, I've read some books. Yeah, I did the old Thrawn trilogy. Uh, Darth Plagueis, that one's great. Not canon, but it's great. Uh, Lords of the Sith, another not canon one that's good. Um, when it comes to books, it's hard, uh, like for me to decipher what's canon, what's not. Like the old Thrawn trilogy is not canon, but the new one is. But it's the same character as the old one, and so it gets all mixed up. Like I don't understand. Right. Um, so they took a character that was not canon, made him canon, but the old one where they originally brought him in is still not canon. So I don't know, but I would say mostly I just enjoy watching the movies. Um, I did play the new video game a little bit, Fallen Order. Um, it's like a RPG, I guess, uh, like a story. It's like lots of cutscenes, and it's like watching, like playing little parts of a movie, I guess. But when it comes to video games, that's not kind of the video game I'm into. Um, I just want to like run around and shoot people, and yeah, that's not (laughs) Fallen Order's about. It's like go to the temple and see if you can find the scroll, and so you like run around, and you're like. And your little droid buddy's like, you're not even close to the right place. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. You know, follow the arrow. And so, yeah, I'd rather just like, like Battlefront would probably be something I'm more into. That's like the Star Wars, like shooting game. But yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I, uh, I uh, have never like owned like a video game system or, mm. or anything. Uh, well, I, when I was young, I had like handheld DS and I think before that, like a Game Boy Advance or Game Boy SP or something. And so when i there was a time where i got into lego star wars on mm, a handheld yes. ds and that was really fun but i think that's that would 
probably be the only Star Wars video game I've ever okay. even touched. So, yeah, we have for our Xbox 360 uh, that the kids play sometimes the Lego Star Wars. It's called like the Complete Saga, and at that point, it was one, two, three, four, five, six. All those movies, and you can like go pick which movie you want to play in, and then they have like different you know things about that movie. And so the kids always go in and they play the Phantom Menace. And uh, it's always the same thing. It's Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon when they're in the room at the beginning of the Phantom Menace and the droid walks in and smoke, you know, and they have to escape and they play that same level. And they just go crazy. They go absolutely crazy. They're jumping off the sides and they're killing Jar Jar and, you know, doing all kinds (laughs) of stuff. And they love it. But I can't play with them because I'm like, I'm actually trying to like progress through the game. Yeah, and they're just and they're just cutting C three PO's leg off all the time because he just hops around <laughs> on one leg, and yeah, so they yeah. love the Lego Star Wars games. Or you gotta you gotta kill Yoda in that game because the noise he makes when he dies is uh, <laughs> yes, iconic. I have heard that. Yes, I have heard that. But uh, yeah, we I'll just insert got... that uh, that soundbite right here. Perfect. Uh, I did. We got. Our son, who is six, a DS last year or at Christmas this past Christmas, an old DS. I mean, I guess they still make ones, maybe. I don't know. Um, and so he was playing that for a little bit. And then he suddenly got into Pokemon, Pokemon. And I discovered I have an old gray, like OG Game Boy. And my wife still had her Game Boy games. And we there's a Pokemon Blue game that she had. And so he's been playing that on like the original Game Boy. <laughs> um do you even know what an original game boy looks like josh um maybe i'm not that old uh just kidding um, <laughs> um i'm like thinking, 91 or 92 is it, is it the one is it the one that's like shaped oh yeah no that's not the one i was thinking of i was thinking the one that's like shaped like this and it kind of comes uh, out no that was maybe the, advance. the advance yeah yeah okay. that was the advance gotcha. there was game boy which is what i have here gotcha. and then the game boy pocket which was my first game boy um no i lied I got a Game Boy hand-me-down, um, and then I okay. broke that because I was it was in my backpack, and I was using my backpack as a basketball and throwing it through a basketball hoop. I forgot my Game Boy was in the front pocket. Um, it was a Darth Vader backpack, and then when I pulled my Game Boy out the next day, the screen was totally smashed, and I had <laughs> no. to buy a new one. <laughs> so then there was the Game Boy Pocket, and then there was the Game Boy Pocket Color, and then there was the Game Boy SP, which was like the flip one. Right. That's the one I had. Or was the advance before that? I don't know. But yeah. Um, I remember, I think my parents either got, gave me when I was like four or five or something really young. They gave me like an advance or maybe my dad had an advance and he let me play it. But then for Christmas, like the next year, I got my own SP mm. and, but we'd, we'd keep both the SP and the advance in this, this same bag. And then we just had one like collection of games that my dad and oh, I would share. Yes. And he... Yeah. My dad's a UPS driver, and so he would take um, these games with him on the road in his truck. And uh, while they're like loading up his like trailer or <laughs> unloading awesome. or anything, he'd he'd sit in his cab and he'd play. <laughs> and so he would he would uh, there there were some games that I would be working on, like trying to like beat through levels. And he would come home and just in two days had like maxed out like the whole game, like hundred percent progress yeah. or something. But what happened was we went on a vacation to Florida. And I ended up leaving that bag with the the two <sighs> systems and the oh, no. all the games under my seat in the air <sighs> uh, in the airplane. And we get out, and my parents are like, "Oh, where's the the bag?" And I thought they were teasing, like, "Oh, like you have it, like 
but they didn't. And so they tried to go back in the the plane to get it. But like going back is like a federal offense once you like exit oh, really? out. So they, yeah, I think in airports post 9-11 that like you can't, once you de-plane that it's just illegal to like go back in. Okay. Um. So they had to, you know, have, ask the uh, flight attendants to go back in and search, but like they had already cleaned up or something and they couldn't find it. But I remember thinking as like a five or six year old, like this is the worst thing I've ever done. Like yes. I, I can't get lower than how I feel right now. Like I am yeah. the worst person in the world. No one's ever going to forgive me for this. <laughs> but they did forgive you. Um, I'd like to think so. There's no he's telling never, for sure. He's never outright said that he forgives me for it, but <laughs> I like to think that we got over it. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, I got an SP after we had kids. My wife got me an SP the one year, um, for Christmas. The SP still played the original Game Boy games and it was the one that flipped open, had like a lit color screen, you know, and it was, I think it was the first one that had a rechargeable battery. I think the Advance still had like double A's in the back. Um, but anyways, it flipped open conveniently, um, but my, I think, one-year-old daughter tried to flip it even further and oh, just, no. like, shattered it in half. And so, yeah, that was, now they sell, now, I mean, back then, I mean, that was only five years ago, um, four years ago, and they were probably, like, 40 or 50 bucks, and now they're, like, 90 or 100 bucks. And, like, I'm trying to look for a Pokemon game for my son's DS, which came out forever ago. And they're $90 to buy this stinking little game. And I'm like, man, you got to save up your pennies, little man. So I, I like how uh, this podcast has turned into <laughs> how to damage, lose, or otherwise <laughs> render unusable your assorted Game Boy handheld yes. devices. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. We've, we've done it all. But this one, this gray brick, pretty good. So almost indestructible. Just don't throw it through a basketball hoop. But it's horrible. I mean, you have to be in like direct sunlight to be able to use this thing um, because the screen is so dark and yeah, it's, I'd rather play as DS, but. Don't, was it the, I think on the advance, my dad had like this attachment that was like a light that like bent over. So yeah, the, they the have game like would these, have a light to shine on the screen because the screen didn't light up. Yeah. They have like these old, what does this say on the side? Uh, X connection, external connection. It looks like an old, I don't know if you can, like a USB type slide i don't know um but uh yeah you could plug in they had all kinds of things you could plug in there they had like things that clipped onto the top um of it and it would like i had this from my pocket where because the pocket had uh a lit screen was it lit or no maybe it was i think it was just smaller it wasn't a lit screen yet um but i had this attachment it went on the on the front over the screen but then it popped out towards you and it was like a magnifier so you could see the screen even better it like made the screen wow. bigger basically but it also had a built-in light um but you go through batteries like crazy when you use it <laughs> they try yeah. not to use it during the day uh but yeah i w there was this place in the mall called stop and save uh which eventually got bought out by uh eb games who is it who's the place in the mall that sells video games GameStop. GameStop. maybe it turned into yeah it used to be eb games and then it turned into GameStop. anyways so i remember just rifling through hundreds of game boy games trying to find one that was like under five dollars and yeah now you can't find them for less than ten dollars probably but uh yeah we have a star wars game that my son tries to play and he asks me questions and i'm like i haven't played that game in 15 years i don't know how to play that game anymore <laughs> dad how do you beat this level 
I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> and it's actually really bad. The Star Wars game is really bad. You start off in like a land speeder. All right. Like Luke, it's Luke and his land speeder in 3PO. And it's like a top down view. Um, and you just drive around and there's these caves all over. Like you're like on Tatooine and there's mountains and caves and stuff. And like, so you're just top down looking and then all of a sudden you'll drive and there's a dark spot on a rock. So it's a cave. So you drive into it and play that level. And then, but there's certain levels you have to do to get certain things to progress, right? And so then all the landscape looks the same. So you leave that cave and you drive your little speeder and you're driving around for like literally like 15 minutes looking for another cave. And you're like, oh, there's one. And you go into it and it's the same level you just played because there's no oh, way no. to like, it doesn't tell you that you already played that level. And then so after like an hour of playing the same level over and over, you get tired of it. So you turn it off. And the next time you turn it back on, it hasn't saved any progress. Oh, and no. <laughs> it had no way to save the progress. So you literally have to beat the whole game on one set of batteries or you don't win. And yeah, that's how some of the older games were. Um, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a game for us to play. Okay. Okay. Perfect. It is. You said something last week when we talked about things to talk about on the show. You said something about Star Wars Mad Lib. I was like, what is a Star Wars Mad Lib? I know what a Mad Lib is, but I never considered a Star Wars Mad Lib. And so I looked it up. Apparently, there's like an actual like Star Wars Mad Libs book that you can like a booklet that you can buy, you know, to fill out. It's like oh. five dollars on Amazon. Interesting. Yeah. Um. But I made my own because uh, I didn't think of it ahead enough of time to get one from Amazon. So I took a common thing and took some words out and replaced them with blanks. And you're going to fill in the blanks for me. Okay. Okay. Perfect. All right. I need a uh, first name. <clears throat> uh, Jethro. With a with a J? Yep. Okay. Not a G. G-E-O-T-H-R-O. You know, with like a, Jeff? With an underscore and a... <laughs> Umlaut. Backwards. And <laughs> the E is upside down and backwards. <laughs> All right. I need a family member. Um, Your stepsister-in-law. Wait. Okay. Could you pick a longer one to write down? I'm writing this a with longer? Ink, you know. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, a verb. Man, you put me on the spot and I'm just like, I know no a verbs. A verb is an action <laughs> word. I was thinking it was a person, place, or thing. So I'm glad that you uh, cleared that up for me. Um, how about to overthrow? Uh, a business name. Like a, a common business name. Uh, Microsoft. A noun. Uh, energy drink. Just generic. Verb? Um, faint. Place? Mm, kashik. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> a body part. Ooh. Can't be dirty. This is a family friendly <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, family friendly. Um, earlobe. A noun? Um, da, 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 light bulb. Another verb? Break. Uh, another place? Uh, oh, like a soap factory. Okay. Uh, an adjective. That's a description word. Uh, delicious. Uh, a measurement of time. Fortnite. <laughs> that's good. Uh, that's, a, that's a descriptive word, too. <laughs> yes. Wait, a descriptive word? I was just teasing when uh -oh. you said adjective. Oh, uh -oh. Uh, noun. Um, Supreme Court justice. Uh, oh, and a last name. Uh, Rich. Like Richie Rich? No, 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 like Sydney Rich. Oh, I don't know how to spell that. 
That's all right. It's got a backwards three and a <laughs> underscore. And... All right, I got to fill in the blanks now. Okay. All right. So just give me a couple, a couple minutes. I could like look at the, I could like look at the thing and then fill it in, but I feel like it'll go smoother, smoother if I fill in the blanks myself. <laughs> Some of these are funny. Some of these are funny. That's all I can ask for. <laughs> there was a one of my coworkers at work the other day. I said something, and he was just like, "You know, you should really think about doing like stand-up comedy or something." And I was just like, "Never in a million years would I consider doing that." However, that was like in the moment one of the best compliments someone could have given me. I was like, "I just feel so like uh, valued and treasured from <laughs> from my uh, who I am." Wait, oh, I have something wrong here, and I. Hmm. All right, we'll come back to that. So you never considered a career in stand-up comedy? Nope. That would be so um, nerve-wracking. Right. Yeah, I feel like you're just day in, day out, you're trying to write jokes, and then you're looking at yourself in the mirror trying to test out different ways of delivering the jokes. And Yeah. Have you ever, since then, have you been like, well, maybe I should, and you've been like coming up with jokes, trying them out on Sydney? Like, okay, just sit there. I'm going to stand in front of you and tell you some jokes. <laughs> uh, no, Sydney's... Face is uh, enough of a joke for the both of us. <laughs> um, no, uh, I don't. No, I don't think I could ever like. I think getting involved in comedy somehow, I would. I could see myself, you know, finding fulfillment and mm. my life's purpose. No, but uh, I don't think I could ever do stand up specifically. But maybe like writing, uh, yes, yes, sketches or, or something for SNL or being like the idea person. Yeah. Yeah, for, for this uh, episode, I did end up writing that, that satire piece I was telling you about. Yes. And as that. I'm writing it, I was just like, you know, I'm the kind of person that I can't help but like laugh at my own jokes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just writing it and I'm thinking like, man, I'm so clever. I'm like the funniest person in the world. <laughs> and then I show it to Sydney and she's reading it just like straight face, just like <laughs> no emotion. And she gets to the end. She's like, yeah, that was really clever. And I was like, but did you think it was funny? She's like, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. I'm like, but well, you didn't even yeah. like smirk or giggle or <laughs> um okay i have this one issue here i guess i didn't take out a verb um uh, and um, we'll say uh a what's a word that describes like how you feel uh emotion yeah give me one of those words give me an emotion uh melancholy like is that is that a verb that's like it's an adjective that's how you feel uh man all right either way we're reading this thing okay all righty general rich a fortnight ago, you served my stepsister-in-law in the Clone Wars. Now he begs you to overthrow him in a struggle against Microsoft. I regret that I am unable to present my stepsister-in-law's request to you in person, but my energy drink has fallen under attack, and I'm melancholy my mission to bring you to Kashyyyk has failed. I have placed information vital to the survival of the Rebellion into the earlobe of this R2 unit. My father will know how to break it. How to break it. You must see this light bulb safely delivered to him at a soap factory. This is our most delicious hour. Help me, Jethro Rich. You're my only Supreme Court justice. <laughs> I don't, what, how does it work so well? It's so messed up. But it still sounds so perfect. Yeah, it works. Oh, it works. Man. You know, people always uh, bag on George Lucas for his, uh, <laughs> uh, his dialogue writing skills yeah. or... Uh, Lack thereof. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, Lucasfilm I, should just hit us up for... Uh, <laughs> I could help him out. I could help him out. The next uh, screenwriting. <laughs> oh, my. Um, you're my only Supreme Court justice. 
Um, Papa Papa Palps thinks that he is the Senate. What he doesn't know is that I am the Senate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my! Um, What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I think it was Harrison Ford who said to George Lucas, or said to someone, "You can write this stuff, but you can't say it." Um, Yeah, a lot of me and Molly are watching through Attack of the Clones. So much cringe in that movie with dialogue from Anakin. It's just crazy. Yeah. Um, and it's we're like watching it just like ten minutes at a time, and so like we're like slowing it down, like looking at it closer. And that's I wouldn't suggest it. I definitely wouldn't suggest it. <laughs> Isn't it uh, Molly's favorite movie? It is, and it's funny because we we always get to this one part. We literally only watch eleven minutes at a time, and we've done four of those so far. And uh-huh. every time we get, every time there's this one part where Anakin says something so cringy to Amidala, and and Molly's like, "Ugh, I guess I just forget about these parts." <laughs> it's like, yeah, every time there's this weird part where she's yep. like, "Ugh," and I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. Well, it's the same for me with uh, Phantom Menace. Like Phantom Menace, my whole life was probably my favorite, and it wasn't because like the movie as a whole I thought was critically good or anything. It was just like. Like Phantom Menace had some of my favorite Star Wars moments, mm. like uh, the pod racing. Oh yeah, just by far like better than ninety nine percent of like anything else that's in Star Wars. Yeah, uh, Duel of the Fates, uh, Darth Maul, uh, Qui Gon and Obi Wan, um, and just like you have to sit through ugh, to get to the best Star Wars. Right. And so for right. me, it's just like the rest of the movie doesn't even count as a movie. It's just like those two parts are the movie. And, right. Uh, but it wasn't until recently that I sat down and watched it and I was like mindful enough to actually comprehend like what the plot was. And I was just like, oh man, yeah, this is a, <laughs> this is yeah. a pretty bad. It's definitely not one of the best movies, but it still is one of my favorites. It's, I have like a rotating probably top like three movies between A New Hope, Rogue One, and Phantom Menace. And n- not one ever like stays in one position probably in any of the list of like if I had to rate them, you know, people love rating right. or ranking. Uh, Star Wars movies, um, and everyone, someone's gonna get upset with how you did it. You know, you're wrong for some, like your opinion's wrong for some reason. You know, um, but putting Phantom Menace in the top three is like nobody allows that. Like people get angry <laughs> yeah. at me for that, and uh, but I love it. Like it's one that I have watched the most by far. Um, it is definitely not the best movie. I know that, right? But it's my favorite to go back to. The Padre scene, amazing. Darth Maul's amazing. Um, Qui-Gon is one of my favorite characters. Of course, Obi-Wan is great. Qui-Gon, I feel like, didn't get enough screen time, didn't get enough time in Star Wars for like everyone to appreciate. He got more time. He had some time in Clone Wars. Um, and just like as a like very short amount, but you like begin to understand him more. I need to listen to um Master and Apprentice, right? Yeah, it's on my list too. Yeah, that's one with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Um and so I think that Qui-Gon represented a lot of the things that the Jedi Order should have been doing and weren't, um, where they were focused on things that they shouldn't have been. Um, but that's just a matter of personal opinion. Um, so I always like Phantom Menace. Uh, Duel of the Fates, that whole fight scene, of course, is amazing. The music's amazing, but it has some real bad parts as well. Uh right. I do appreciate as as bad as the Gungans maybe as a whole or Jar Jar specifically are like there's parts that are just amazing when they're swimming down to Oda Gunga 
the city under the water, the hidden city. The music is perfect. The city looks awesome. Just like that whole thing is like amazing. And then when I was a kid and I saw this, Jar Jar, like I love Jar Jar. He's hilarious, right? Yeah. Um, I was in third grade when I went to go see it for the first time. So I think of my eight-year-old now is in third grade and probably they would pick Jar Jar as one of their favorite characters. You know, if they saw the movie, they're not picking, you know, Obi-Wan or Captain whatever his name is. I forget. The guy with the eye patch. I don't remember his name, but... Oh, Tyrone or something. <laughs> yes. Uh, Typho. Typhoid. Captain Typh- Typhoid. Typh- Typhoid fever? Typhoon Lagoon, I think is what it is. <laughs> um, Typho, maybe. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so... Um, I always like that. And of course you see the beginning of Anakin, see how innocent of a kid he was before he was introduced to the Jedi. How it's interesting how somebody or a group of people telling you you're the chosen one for 10 years can change your perspective on life. Um, yeah, but that's all I'll say about that. Uh, yeah, I, uh, that's the, yeah, it's the same for me. You watching, uh, Phantom Menace, even now, um, it's like, is it the best uh, use of storytelling? Probably not. But right. am I uh, just having so much fun watching it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, it's so just fun and entertaining and probably just like the uh, little six-year-old inside me again, just being like, yeah, lightsabers, the right. force. Yeah. yeah. And it's a great one. Like, it's the one that I watch the most probably because I want to show it to my kids. You know, I want to get my kids to watch Star Wars, you know, um, train them in the ways they should go, I think is a... Is it something it says uh, in the Bible, and um, and so uh, I try to get them to watch Star Wars. And if I'm thinking like all the Star Wars movies, which one is probably most kid appropriate? It's Phantom Menace, or the yeah. one that I think they'll enjoy the most, at least, um, because it does have that like s- silly humor with Jar Jar. Um, the main character is a nine year old or eleven year old, whatever he is. Um, if you, I feel like if I tried to introduce my kids to Star Wars using a New Hope, like a lot of adults, they would become bored. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I love A New Hope, you know, um, but I don't think a, my eight-year-old would not sit through the movie. Um, but they'll sit yeah. through Phantom Menace. Um, it's, yeah, it's fun. It's bright. It's, you know, got a lot of stuff going for it for a kid. So, yeah, one thing uh, about growing up in the prequel era of Star Wars, uh, there's this, uh, what's it called? Ah, like a, I was going to say like a f- Freudian, not Freudian, but like there's the, the psychology word for like the, the shift in the way that people think about things, um, uh, where people that saw the movie, the original trilogy in the, uh, 70s, 80s, um, have been Star Wars fans for 30 years. They like Luke Skywalker is the, uh, main character he's the you know the hero's journey Mm -hmm. he's what star wars is all about like all of the jedi are embodied in luke skywalker but then for people who grew up when the prequels were coming out they yeah the same way they connect with anakin skywalker who's Mm -hmm. all of a sudden this character that's their age they project themselves onto him they see him as the the chosen one the the main character he's embodying the force in a way that uh, no one else is. And then you get to the original trilogy and it's Luke's kind of boring. Yes, uh, he's yeah. he's older than me. I don't really understand like mm-hmm. exactly all the politics and what's going on. And um, and there's not as many lightsabers and nobody's doing cool backflips. So. Right. Not just uh, a single backflip, like 18 backflips <laughs> in one jump. You're like, oh, that's amazing. I want to be a Jedi so bad. And see Luke and like the coolest thing he does is like a one-armed handstand. 
Right. And you're like, I can do that on my bed with my feet up against the wall. Like, I, th- I think I could do that when I was 11. Pretty sure. Yeah. Not, na- not now. Not now. <laughs> right. And so anyway, there's this generational divide between how people connect to Star Wars or how they view where in the Star Wars uh, mm-hmm. um, characters, you know, the, the story is like centered on. And I'd be interested to see if that's the same thing is going to happen with uh, children growing up now in the Disney era of Star Wars, if they will see Rey and Kylo Ren mm-hmm. as the uh, as, you know, the entire saga is like resting on their shoulders. They're the climax They're You know, Rey is all the Jedi or whatever. And if that will be more easy for uh, kids growing up now to understand or to accept, because a lot of people dismiss Rey as uh, uh a hard to like character or poorly written or, you know, for whatever reason. So right. I'm wondering if that's, it was, if it's just people who are experiencing Star Wars for the first time um, in the, in the last 10 years, if they yeah. will connect with the sequels more than the other two trilogies. Yeah. And I, I don't know a lot of people that were introduced to Star Wars. Like personally, I don't know a lot of people who were introduced to Star Wars um, since the sequel trilogy. Like they started with the sequel trilogy um, or, yeah, like most of the people that I know that like Star Wars have been interested before that. So I'd love to talk to somebody who has started with those and like, those are my characters and I'll watch the first six to see how it leads up to my characters. You know, that's like kind of why we watched the prequels when they were coming out. It's like, how did Anakin become Darth Vader, right? Um, so I don't know. I, it would be interesting to talk to someone like that um, because I don't feel... Like, I like the sequel trilogy, but I don't feel a strong connection to them as I do the prequels because that was when I really got into Star Wars. But it is interesting the way you talked about it because I think of, like, Harry Potter and how that did so well because it was like every time a movie was coming out, if you started watching that, if you started watching Harry Potter when you were 11, and then every time a new movie came out, Harry Potter still looked like you. You know, he was still the same age as you. Every time a new movie came out, you could just connect with him every time. Well, him... Or whatever other character you're connecting with. Where if you watch the Phantom Menace and the kid's nine and you're like, oh, I'm nine. I'm just like him. You know what I mean? This could happen to me. And then three years later, a movie comes out and the kid's 19 and you're 12 and you're like, wait a minute. Like, I'm not I'm not him anymore. You know, he's old and I'm, you know, still 12. Um, I feel like there could be a disconnect with kids that way as well. Like, I don't know that I really... I don't know if I felt that um, because, yeah, I would have been about nine when Phantom Menace came out, um, eight or nine. And I don't remember if I liked Attack of the Clones when it came out. I'm sure I liked it, but I don't know if I was like, oh, me and Anakin, we're like the same person. You know what I mean? Right. um, But there is... Probably makes it uh, easier to understand why Anakin uh, turns to the dark side because you're watching it. You're like, wait a second. He he was never a teenager. We we were the same age. He just (laughs) skips 19. Exactly. I'm still a 12 year old. Right. It's exactly. gotta do something to a to a guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But and he misses his mom too. I mean that's the main part. Yeah. Like, of course he misses his mom. You took it from his mom when he was nine years old. Like yeah. you're not allowed to miss your mom. No, yeah. The the proper way is to scoop them up when they're three months old. Right. And they then they don't even have a chance to form memories of their mom. Then right. they, they don't have a mom to miss. And yeah. uh, you know, you you uh swerve around that problem altogether. Right. Yeah. Like, nine is too old. Like, that's crazy. So it makes sense why, why they call Luke too old when he's 22 years old in Empire Strikes Back <laughs> yeah. or however old he is. I don't know. 
Um, I'm like, oh yeah, he is. He is probably too old. But yeah. Um, as we were talking about when when you're talking about uh all of the cringy dialogue between um Anakin and uh, Padme in I can't remember. It, it reminded me. I don't remember if this is also in Attack of the Clones or if. It, it might be in uh, Revenge of the Sith, um, but this is Sydney's favorite line, and she quotes it all the time. But it's Anakin asks her, "Why are you so beautiful?" And she responds, "She's like, it's because I'm so in love." And he goes, "No, it's because I'm so in love with you." <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it's Revenge of the Sith. I'm pretty sure, right? But he, but Sydney just, <laughs> she hates that so much. Uh, but I will like. <laughs> You know, we will be like on a date or something and I'll say something, you know, to her, you know, kind of flirty or something along those lines, you know, like, oh, you look so beautiful tonight. And she'll be like, it's because I'm so in love. And then I just I can't help myself. I'm like, ah, no, it's because I'm so in love with you. And then we just we like cringe and our skin crawls and we're like, ah, George Lucas, he had a vision. He just uh, didn't know how people talk to each other. Yeah, yeah. They should have, they should have, somebody should have been screening that, like, like just adding little things before they gave it to the actual actors, changing right. things a little bit. George wouldn't have even noticed, probably. But yeah, Attack of the Clones is pretty bad. We haven't got to the part where they're like in love with each other yet. Like, obviously, Anakin is in love with Padme, but she's still kind of like, you're giving off kind of creeper vibes. So why don't yeah. you back off a little bit? But yeah, we'll get to that part soon. So well, oh, you were going to watch a movie, right? Did you I did watch it? Did you watch it? Yeah, speaking I watched of cringe, it. Uh, I was gonna ask this afternoon. Cringe. Did you watch the movie? Um, I did. You had recommended to me a movie called Ewoks: The Battle for Endor. Ewok Adventure. Ewok Adventure. Something along the, that those lines. And it is. Oh no, you're that, right. It is just Ewoks: The Battle for Endor. Yeah, you're right. Oh, great. Yeah, I'm smarter than you, so. <laughs> true, true. Um, no, uh, um, and I I was aware that this existed only because I had listened to part of an episode that you mm-hmm. recorded, I think also with Molly. Yeah, yep. Um, but before that, like, when I saw the that episode that came out, I had no idea that these uh, Ewok <laughs> movies were... Uh, existing in star wars media out there in in the, in the nether yeah um we i had wanted to watch them a little while ago and it was really hard to find them like you couldn't even like buy it digitally or anything like that i finally was able to locate them on ebay or something so there's two movies ewoks the battle for endor and i think the other one is called ewok adventure caravan of courage i think is what the other one's called um and they came i was able to find them a couple places like as like a two pack like they both came in the same case you know um but it was like 20 some dollars and i'm like do i want to like i'd never seen them i'm like do i want to pay 20 some dollars for like really bad movies possibly (laughs) um i had no idea like you don't hear a lot about them so i'm guessing they're not great um and so i decided not to and then shortly after that disney plus came out with this um vintage collection on their on their site star wars vintage and they had the ewok movies they had the ewok show um they had one called like droids i think it is and then they have just the animated part of the holiday special on there as well 
Um, and so they had these two movies and I was so I was excited. So yeah, me and Molly watched this one together. And it was funny because uh, while I was watching it, uh, it was at a weird part in the movie. So like it could have been anywhere, you know, in the movie, if I say that. Right. <laughs> and I took a Snapchat of the movie, like the TV, and then panned down. And there's my daughter. She's like looking at it with like a confused look. Uh, she's five. And um, I say, do you like this movie? She's like, no, I don't like it. <laughs> And then she walks out of the room and I sent it to a bunch of people and I sent it to Molly and she's like, and she typed that, she said, oh no, not that movie. <laughs> she knew exactly what it was. Uh, but yeah, my five-year-old did not approve of the movie. But um, Right. I So you, you sent this to me and you told me that uh, after you had started watching it, you realized that the movie you were watching yes. was actually the sequel uh-huh. to the other one. Right, 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 right. Yeah. That was and, uh, uh, a bad thing to find out 15 minutes into a, a podcast recording of you watching the movie. So it's like, I got to finish now. So <laughs> Right. Um, and uh, so I offered, I was like, well, why don't I watch the first one? Mm-hmm. And then I can help clear in some of the gaps in your knowledge. Right. And you said, no, you got to watch the second one too, because that's how George Lucas would have wanted <laughs> yeah. to watch the, the sequel first. Yep, exactly. And is that what oh, you man. did then? So you watched... That is what I did. I watched the second one this afternoon. Okay. Did you watch the first one at all then? No, oh, I didn't okay, watch good. the first okay, one. Okay, okay, I mean, not good, yeah. but like, I just want to make sure you watch the second one first, so... Right. You can let but me I, know on, this, on the first one. <laughs> I'm... No, to be honest, I'm not sure if I'm going to watch the first one. <laughs> uh, I don't blame you at all. I don't blame you. I, uh, so I started it, and the, the, this movie starts out with... This little girl running around <laughs> holding hands with a Ewok. Yeah, she's super cute though, right? She's got like yeah. the, the curls, the bounce, and all that. Right, and um, something looks and wrong it, with Wicket though, right? His eyes, yeah, like yeah, uh, they don't like move right. Like I need to see him in action, Re- Return of the Jedi, because like he's a totally different looking character to me. But sorry, I interrupted you. Keep going. No, yeah, yeah, I agree that he, like. They're supposed to look like teddy bears, but this his face just uh, was a troll. Yeah, it was yeah. Anyway, uh, but she they like um they meet her dad who's working on fixing their starship, and uh, and then they walk they leave and they go through the forest, and turns out the Ewok village is being burned to the ground by these uh, what are they called called marauders or, yeah. or something? Yeah, something marauders. Um, yeah, just these alien looking. They kind of look like uh, the pirate. Mm-hmm. Um, species that uh, oh, what's his face? Hondo Onaka is, yeah. but I don't think they're. Si- I don't think they're actually the same, but look kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, this little girl, her she finds her mom and her brother, and they are trying to help the Ewoks, and they get like shot and blown up in the first like five minutes of the movie. Yep, and then the dad also is killed just a few minutes later. Yep. And so she's orphaned as like a three year old, right? And she's and then she's the one that's in charge of like taking like saving these Ewoks or whatever. And I was like, wait, if this is the sequel, are these the same characters that's in the first one? Right. And I just I looked up the the Wikipedia okay. for the Caravan of Courage, and yeah, it's the same family, all the same actors, and the whole movie is her trying to rescue her parents um, from I think they were captured. And they rescue their parents, and it's all happy ever after. But then in the second movie, her whole family dies <laughs> in the first five minutes. So everything that they worked for in the first movie was totally undone in the first ten minutes of this movie. 
Yeah. yeah, that's why we were confused when we watched it. We're like, wait, like, why are they here? You know, and like, if you just watch this, you don't even like, I mean, yeah, you feel bad for the little girl, but you're like, I don't even know these characters that are dying. Like, the, when she walks up and she sees her mom, her mom's already dead on the ground. And then like, moments later, she's talking to her dad and she's like, they're dead. And like, there's like, like no emotion behind it. She's just like, they're dead. And, he, and he's like, yes, I'm going to be dead soon too. And she's like, I'm going to be sad about that. And then, like, she goes on with, like, her, you know, regular life. Um, but Wilford Brimley's in it, of course. Um, the, uh, what did he do? I was going to say Liberty Mutual, but that's not it. He had, he did a diabetes commercial uh, where he's on a horse. Do you remember those commercials? Wilford Brimley? Liber- it's something Liberty. Um, no, I have a diabetes commercial on a horse. Wilford? I know the Old Spice commercial on the horse, but. <laughs> yeah, he, like, he says diabetes. Diabetes. Oh, Diabetes. yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, shoot, what is it? It's right here, but I, it won't tell me. Oh, Liberty Medical. Liberty Medical. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. but he was much older. The Wilford Brimley comes in, and he's such a jerk of an old man. Like he finds right. an abandoned Ewok and little girl, and he's just like, oh, "Get out of my house! Oh, they're trying to wreck my house." What's interesting about this movie is it came out in 1985, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Caravan of Courage must have come out the year before, 1984. And Return of the Jedi came out in 1983. So you pe- got people coming off of like the hype of the end of the trilogy. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, more Star Wars. Car- it's all about the Ewoks. We love the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi. And then you watch these movies and you're like, oh my word, these are horrible. Like these are absolutely horrible. I mean, I can't speak for Caravan of Courage. Maybe it's a cinematic masterpiece, but uh, Battle for Endor is not. Is not. N- no. But you were able to make it through the movie. Um, yeah, I might have been uh, multitasking. Uh, probably couldn't uh, quote quote it word for word for you. Wasn't paying that close attention to it. But uh, it was interesting. I remember. So I also listened back to me and Molly's episode. We we like when we watched it the first time. We did like a uh, like a live you know what recording of us watching it and our reactions. And then we did like a you know a after show where we just like talked about it for 20 minutes and uh i definitely sorry um my mind was spacing out there um we talked about how the this is probably the only star wars that we've seen that has actual animals in it like earth animals in it so this one has like horses and birds and stuff like that and i don't remember seeing that in like any of the other star wars movies yeah i think you're right like the witch lady turns into a crow or blackbird of some sort. Um, yeah. But they do have some of the other Star Wars creatures as well. But I was just like, oh, this has actual earth animals in it. But- yeah, that reminds me when I was watching this, I was thinking like this, there, there's no part of this that feels Star Wars. No. I mean, I mean, you have Ewoks, but even the Ewoks feel like they're something different. Yeah. Because like one, like. Uh, Wicket like speaks English now, yeah, which is fine. Yeah, I was like at first I was expecting it to be like the uh, <laughs> holiday special where there's just there's no English or right. subtitles. I was expecting them to speak uh, what Shriwak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, uh, uh, but why don't they have? Then, uh, why don't they have subtitles? Like when they did the holiday special, why did they not have subtitles? That would have made it so much better because you could have like your mind would have been focused on reading rather than listening to the you know the grunts and whatever of the but. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I'm not in a position to put my my, my mind in the head of a genius. So, uh, true, like true. George Lucas. So, 
If you, um, it takes anyway, four billion dollars to know that answer. That's how much <laughs> George Lucas paid or was paid for Star Wars. Um, but yeah, also just parts of this movie just felt so like high fantasy almost. Mm-hmm. More like it was a lot like a Willow, yes. which was also a Lucas film. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of dark crystal vibes with the uh the witch and the evil like the the evil marauders kind of felt like the skepsis or whatever in the dark crystal. I don't I know. Never if you've seen that. I never saw it. I never saw it. It's yeah, it's um I mean, it's not off in, track for my an 80s movie, right? It's not like right. it doesn't feel that off track for an 80s movie. Just, yeah. Just for a Star Wars movie it does. But even uh in so in this movie Wicket is played by Warwick Davis, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's uh, he's taking this really, really young girl uh, all through the kingdom, finding this castle and everything that you had, you would have had no reason to believe was on Endor right. watching Return of the yep, Jedi. Exactly. Uh, there's this whole civilization just besides <laughs> the Ewoks. You would have thought Ewok, these indigenous little teddy bears were right. the only living mm-hmm. species. But um, but also in Willow, which the whole movie was kind of reminiscent of, uh, Warwick Davis Plays the main character. That's true. And he's in charge of taking this little baby <laughs> who's only like a year younger than the this girl in <laughs> in uh, Ewok. Um, yes. I see what you're doing. Going on this adventure. Yeah. You end up in a castle <laughs> with an evil witch. and <laughs> They just didn't have any... Shoot, what was the guy's name? The uh, kit... Uh, Val Kilmer? Yeah. What was his character's name? Mm, it's like... Like Mattias Morgan or something. Mad 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 Mardigan, yes, yes, yes. I was like, I know it's some adjective, Mad Mardigan, some emotional word there. (laughs) Uh, The alliteration. uh, Yeah, that was a that was an interesting movie that came out three years later. So they're just like Warwick Davis wanted to do the same thing. Yeah, I would have thought it was uh, earlier. So yeah, Ewok, um, or Ewoks Battle for Endor Mm -hmm. was the rough draft of Willow. (laughs) You hear her, you heard it, you heard it, you heard it here. Oh my you goodness. You heard how do you, you how heard it her heard first? It, you heard it here first. <laughs> you first it heard here. That one. Yeah. We'll go with that one. Oh, first it heard. That here. was it. Final answer. Yeah. No, but it was like even it was so hokey. The CGI was so terrible. Like you got the um are they blurgs? Is that what they're called? They're like Oh yeah, I was uh, excited to see like really old yeah. claymation blurgs. Yeah. Um and yeah, they're really bad. And then you got I remember me and Molly couldn't stop fixating on the sword that the main guy was carrying. How like high school theater it looked, where it was like obviously <laughs> yeah. made out of like cardboard or something or foam probably, and they just like spray painted it, and it's supposed to be like really scary. Um, but like you can't even take the main bad guy seriously. Um, yeah, it's it was just a really honestly I, I did rewatch it for this um, episode, and I. Only got about three quarters of the way through before I said that's enough. So <laughs> I'm sorry I couldn't commit the whole way. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. But I mean, we only talked about it on this podcast for not even three quarters of the episode. So <laughs> I mean, it's it's there's many strange things about it. There's um, Teak is is he is he a uh, he's another character we meet right? Teak that was his name. Yeah the the speedster right yeah like what is he what is he no idea (laughs) are there more of him like he's like slightly like an ewok but with a little bit more of a monkey face instead of a bear face yeah and he just has like super speed like powers it's amazing 
he frees all the Ewoks from the castle just by being super fast. Um, yeah, and like the whole time they're searching for this power, right? And it's like a, it ends up being like a, like a, it's something that the ship needs to work. So it doesn't work without anything else. But that's like, how did, how did the bad guy even find out that this thing existed? Like, where, like, why is he after this? Like, it's a, it's a right mechanical part for a ship so that it can work. Like, I don't know. That's just very strange to me. It's like somebody who doesn't know anything um, about the current world and coming in and be like, I want an alternator. Someone find an alternator for me. And like, I'm like, okay, right. what are you going to do with just an alternator? Like that you need the rest of the car for it to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. It seems like it was like a power cell or something. So he, he like brings the girl into the dungeon and he was just like, use your magic, unlock the power, like, right. give it to me. Right. And she's like, I'm a kid. I have no idea what you're talking about. It just goes in my dad's ship. Like it's just one of the, one of the pieces. Right. And he's like, I don't understand. Like make it work. And if, yeah, it'd be the same thing as if. You took a car battery and you put it in front of a three-year-old right. and you were just like, Make it give work. me the electricity. Give me the lightning right. powers. Right. And like, they're not like, uh, yeah, I don't know. If they're living on Endor, we we know the kinds of things that are currently on Endor. Wait. Oh, no. This takes place. We figured out this takes place in the timeline before Return of the Jedi. Somehow, we found that out uh, when we watched the movie the first time. And I don't remember how we found that out. Because we talked about how um, they speak English in this movie, but they don't in Return of the Jedi. Um, so somehow we found out this takes place before. I don't know. But obviously the Imperial Army, well, we don't see any of them here. So we think it's probably before they took over the planet. But Oh, you, you said that this took place before Return of the Jedi. And in my mind, I was thinking, oh, so this answers the question, like, why did the Ewoks have like a dress in Leia's size? Because this oh. little girl just like grew up living with the Ewoks yes. her whole life. But, yes, but she didn't. She like she left with the uh, what's his face Tom Bombadil <laughs> at the end of the movie. Yes, uh, Tom Bombadil. <laughs> That's what I thought when uh, Wilford like, Brimley's character. Yeah, they like just f- find his little uh, shack, yes. and I was like, oh, here's gonna be this like Wizard joyful and- Tom Bombadil like. <laughs> Well, Enigma character, I know and, uh, his name. but that's that's not at all who no. he was like. But I will admit, like when he was like running through um, at the end, <laughs> trying to rescue them from the the castle, he was carrying the staff, yes. and it was exactly the top of it, like Gandalf's like Gandalf, staff. Yes, yeah, yeah. I noticed that when he was walking, he's like, "Okay, I'm going to work now," and they're like, "I wonder where he goes to work at," you know. And so they follow him, like exactly like six paces behind him the whole way, and like he doesn't know that <laughs> yeah. they're there. He like turns around one time and like they like hide behind a bush and I'm like wow um and uh yeah I noticed his walking stick looks very similar um I was gonna try and find out when does the Ewok movie oh man one one fifty four A B Y no oh yeah that clears it up no this is no this is timeline the battle for Endor the timeline is three A B Y yeah I had misinformation three after the Battle of Yavin. So it would still be Return before Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi was five years after the Battle of Yavin. So Okay. Yeah. It was it was a new hope. Then four years later was Empire Strikes Back. Then a year later was Return of the Jedi. I think Yes. Don't don't fact check me on that, but I believe that's how it worked. So So yeah, he can speak this English. Is, uh, I don't fact check anything on this podcast. <laughs> good, we good. we hundred percent 
support misinformation <laughs> in all its many forms. Good, good. Um, yeah. So overall, you did not like the movie, it seems like. Uh, well, I don't know. It wasn't the worst way to spend a Sunday afternoon, I'd say. <laughs> Watching Caravan of Courage I, would be worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> but uh, I, didn't, I didn't regret turning it on. <laughs> That's good. But I, uh, good. I wasn't uh, blown away by anything spectacular. <laughs> But 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 at the same time, that's what I expected going into right. it. I expected like this is going to be a movie that I uh, that lacks all of its oomph. Right. But it's going to be fun talking about it. Right. To people. Yeah. Yeah. If you can find someone that watched this movie, um, yeah, that's that's gonna be a fun conversation. I think Casey has seen these movies. I think it was him that talked about watching them growing up. Um, I never watched them growing up. I didn't even know they existed till probably five years ago. Um. Like once I, and you can't call yourself a true Star Wars fan. I man. know, I know. <laughs> Sorry, this is the this is the gate that I am uh, <laughs> that I will not be willing to uh, not keep. I guess. Yeah, there's... this is the gate that I keep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that going on in Star Wars fandom. Uh, you're not a true fan unless dot dot dot. But yeah, we're not like that here. Um, yeah, holiday special is definitely worse than Battle for Endor. Um, just oh yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't even recommend people to watch Holiday Special, um, but I want people to watch it, right? Like, I can't recommend it, like, and have a good conscience, um, but I want people to have watched it so I can, like, talk to them about it. This this past year, when I watched the whole thing, I had clipped some parts out and put them on Instagram in, like, a, like a one-minute, like, movie, just random parts, and I got so many comments from people be like, what? even is this because like people just don't understand i'm like this isn't even the like the weirdest parts this is just random parts that i like (laughs) i needed five seconds and so i clipped out this five second clip and like it's just like it's such a strange movie um battle for endor didn't quite get there it had a plot that it followed through to the end um as weird as it was with all the like special and not so special effects that they had uh at least it was like a beginning and end to a movie right um yeah i don't know it was yeah, that's that's how I felt. It's like Battle for Endor wasn't, you know, it's not a great movie, but it also is not like an extremely horrible movie. Right. Like you still watch it and it's, you know, it's one of those movies where it's like bad enough that it's good. You know, it's like uh, entertaining in its own horrible uh, right. But there's just no entertainment value in the holiday <laughs> special whatsoever. Right. Like you, you, like for me, the only thing I got was like, not laughing at how terrible the holiday special was, but laughing at how much pain it was putting Sydney's family in <laughs> while I made them watch it. Like that was the entertainment for me. Like who Just, stuck uh, around during the whole thing? Like if that was going on, I'd be like, there's gotta be some other room I could sit in here at this. Like, like they're like, whatever you put on, we're going to watch the whole thing. Like I'd still be like, I'm leaving. Well, uh, Sydney ha- Sydney's parents have two huge dogs that were blocking the the exits, <laughs> so uh, they were just laying down and they were asleep and they're like tanks and uh, can't you can't get you over can't. them, you can't go around them, so you just gotta sit there and watch the movie. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, I was gonna say something about. Oh, um, this would be also a good movie, I think, for kids. I think I think they might find it um, enjoyable. Except that the bad guys are kind of scary looking. They're like, they're like, whatever those, I had them in my brain, whatever those Honda Naka characters are. Um, but they like, they're just a little too scary, I feel like, for like a five year old, in my opinion, but maybe not. Um, 
it reminded me of that scene with the dragon. Do you remember they're in the cave? Yep. Um, and I'm like, what in the world is this creature? I feel like we watch, we start watching like one of those movies where it's like real life, but then there's like one animated character, you know, like, I don't know an example of that one. Um, like a Roger Rabbit. Yeah. What's that old one? Mr. Limpid or something like that. The amazing, the incredible Mr. Oh, Limpid. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it turns into a fish. Yeah. He, yeah. He's like a fish. Or uh, like bed knobs and broomsticks is kind of yes, also that way. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It felt like that when that dragon came in and was like attacking them. I'm like, I can't even like believe that this is real because it looks so bad. Um, yeah. And not, not only that it looked bad, but that it kept like cutting back yes. and forth between like the the live action and then it would cut and all of a sudden it's stop mm-hmm. motion yep. or yeah. animated or, and then it would cut cut and then they try to like merge two frames of like live action <laughs> with animated when it, he picks up the girl and you're just like this is just destroying my brain right. not only does this not look bad but just i can't figure <laughs> out like how to look at this it just hurts. right yeah it just hurts your brain uh yeah there's there's quite a bit of that and to think that like i, I guess it was a budget thing but to think of like what they had done in uh empire strikes back right that's the one with the rancor empire strikes back like stuff like that uh, um return of the jedi i think is that return of the jedi okay but like that was earlier that was two years earlier that they were making that or i mean i'm sure they were making it more years than that but like and then they can't follow through with something like that in this movie but i'm sure it was a budget thing but yeah i don't think george lucas wrote anything for these movies i'm not sure what he did i'm sure he made some money off of them but yeah. Right. He was like executive producer or something. And I did see on the Wikipedia that the writers uh, based it on a story by George Lucas or something okay. along those lines. So they like adapted <laughs> something. But that, th- honestly, that could have just been we took Ewoks from Return of right. the Jedi. Right. And uh, that's as much of adaptation <laughs> from the story of George Lucas as there is. I I doubt that there's any sort of Ewok uh lore or anything that yeah. george lucas had put together um so next you should try and watch the animated ewoks show i've heard that's pretty bad as well um i haven't watched any of it but uh, i listened to blast points and they did a competition of how many consecutive episodes they could watch before they just quit um <laughs> the two hosts and i think it was like nine was like the most they could do and they're like 20 minute episodes so that's not even like that long of a time but like nine was right. like the most that they could handle before they just had to quit watching it. Um, oh no! Yeah, so I haven't seen any of it, but it was—I've uh, heard it's not—it's not great. So if you're looking for a bad Star Wars to watch, you might want to check that out. Yeah, yeah, I'll watch that. Maybe you know, maybe I'll get around a Caravan of Courage, <laughs> and then I'll, I'll get you back on. We'll talk about it, and you know, this uh, we'll we'll stop making this things for participating podcasts, <laughs> and instead we'll we'll make an Ewok podcast, yes. and it will be called. Uh, E walking around the Christmas tree or something. <laughs> right. We only come up with one episode a year and it's on Christmas Day and it's about Ewoks. It sounds like a very good idea. E walking around the Christmas tree. There the you holiday. Go. Or what do they call it? The Earth Day. Life, life day? day. Yeah. Life Day tree. Yeah. Walking around the Life Day tree. I think we're on to something. Yes. I'll have my people talk to your people. <laughs> perfect. 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 Okay. Okay. Uh, All right. I did want to share this uh, thing that I wrote with you. Yes. So so we were coming up with um, something to talk about because we, uh, I reached out to you. We wanted to definitely do some sort of bonus episode for Star Wars Day. That would be fun because we hadn't, we haven't like recorded anything together in a while. And 
our other idea fell through. And so just kind of last minute, we're like, so what are we going to talk about? And I had this idea to write like a, a backwards tutorial or like blog how to. And I was racking my brain like, what could I write like a blog of in Star Wars? But then it came, I, I thought of this like while I was at work the other day. Um, there's the, so there's this character in the book of Boba Fett for people who don't know who his, he's called the water monger. <laughs> right. Uh, and he, his job is just to sell the water that uh, is collected by moisture farmers mm-hmm. that they've, you know, they have the vaporators that pull moisture from the air and then he sells it. But he turn he like goes to Boba Fett and asks for his help because there are these punks and gang members that are stealing his water mm-hmm. or something. But turns out that he's like overpricing the water and there's already a water shortage or something. So he's just a, you know, corrupt bad guy. But anyway, I thought it would be funny to write because right now I'm working on an internship and I, I, I'm like the target market for a lot of these like ads that are like how to make the most of your internship or, you know, how right. to network okay. all these things. And uh, so I thought it'd be funny to write something about how to make the most of your uh, apprenticeship in Star Wars. And I thought like, oh, the watermonger <laughs> would be kind of funny because it's like you're selling water and, on a desert. And but then I was just like, oh, but it'd be really funny to just like turn it around and be like, it's such a bad job that you just don't want to like make the most of it. So I ended up writing this and it's called uh, How to Avoid Making the Most of Your New Watermonger Apprenticeship. <laughs> so if you end up okay. as a watermonger's apprentice, how to, what do you say? How to make the most? What is it? How to? How, how to avoid making the most okay. of your apprenticeship. All right. So you end up as a watermonger's apprentice, but you don't want to be there. So how can you yes. learn the least? Yep. Okay. All right. Okay. Pay close attention. Okay. There's going to be a quiz. <laughs> This will be on the midterm. Okay, I have my pen and paper ready. (laughs) Okay. Congratulations. You've been accepted into a fiercely competitive watermonger apprenticeship program, and your start date is quickly approaching. Making the most of your apprenticeship can be the difference between obtaining a job in a specific industry and simply having some experience behind you. That being said, I've put together my best advice, which, if followed to a T, will ensure that you will leave an abysmal impression with your mentor as well as utterly fail the transitions from newbie to top apprentice and then from top apprentice to master watermonger. The first piece of advice for any new apprentice or intern is to start expanding your professional network. I have found that the least effective way of doing this is by asking the following question to each and every woman that enters your place of employment. Quote, are you an angel? (laughs) Close quote. It is critical that this practice is adopted on day one of your apprenticeship. You must also immediately begin acquiring illicit photographic evidence of your mentor's protocol droid (laughs) with its second family in Mos Eisley. (laughs) There is a colony of Jawas that make a circuit around the Jundlin Wastes in their colossal sandcrawler. They will be able to assist you in obtaining the necessary photographic material on their next trek through the Sloss Canyon. You'll need to provide them with something valuable in return, however, so make sure you assemble a collection of fossilized bantha dung to trade. (laughs) Once the evidence is in your possession, you may begin blackmailing the protocol droid into giving you underground tutoring sessions in order to learn how to curse in as many different languages as possible. You're not going to want to miss the famous Bunta Eve Classic, the largest annual podcast, (laughs) the largest annual pod race in the entire galaxy. It's held just outside Mos Espa, encircling Ben's Mesa. 
feel free to appropriate funds from your water sales in order to place outrageous bets in the race. <laughs> Betting all your money on a slimy Doug from Malastare is usually a safe way to go. If there aren't any Dugs participating in the race, I'd suggesting I'd suggest betting on any nine-year-olds. One of my best-kept secrets is that there is a tribe of Tuscan sand people that like to camp out on the cliff face of Beggar's Canyon near the Canyon Dune Turn. They shoot to kill at all of the passing racers below for their own entertainment. I'd encourage you to befriend them so that they might allow you to join them for some target practice. Try aiming for competitors of your sponsored contestant. It may be hard to see whether or not your shot makes contact with the speeders so far below in the canyon, but if you hear them yell, Poodoo! You can rest assured. <laughs> you can rest assured they won't be completing any more laps. Mos Espa is divided into a series of vassal districts overseen by crime bosses known as daimyo. The ruling daimyo of your district will likely require your watermonger firm to provide payment of tribute. Whenever you are tasked with delivering said tribute, you must follow these instructions very carefully. Once you enter the daimyo's throne chambers, locate the entrance to his or her secret menagerie. It will likely look like a trap door, leading to a raincore pit <laughs> below the main hall. You will want to stand directly above this. When the daimyo asks you what tribute you have brought, look them square in the eye and say, Dewanawanga. <laughs> then, drink, <laughs> then drink every last drop of the water you brought without breaking eye contact. If you followed these steps correctly, you shouldn't have any reason to worry about your apprenticeship. Occasionally, you may see a couple Jedi Knights strolling through the streets of the city. This will be your chance to manipulate them into thinking you're the child of prophecy <laughs> foreseen to bring balance to the galaxy. Solicit the assistance of another apprentice from your shop and practice having them toss you a broom and you catching it without looking. Once you master this, it will be really cool. Now you'll just need to perform this stunt in front of a Jedi that will see it when they are walking past. That will be your ticket off world and you can kiss your sandy problems goodbye forever. As you probably know, Tatooine boasts a beautiful binary solar system. You might be lucky enough to see a rare double solar eclipse after starting your apprenticeship. Once every hundred years, two of Tatooine's three moons will transit across the sky directly in front of its twin suns, causing a total blackout in the middle of the day. This celestial event will make for some incredible sights, but you'll want to make sure that you have viewing equipment prepared in advance. A great idea would be to test out your macro binoculars the day before the eclipse is set to occur. Use them to look directly into the suns. If you feel any pain in your corneas, don't worry. That's just the force flowing through your body. Maybe you're a Jedi after all. In that case, you should probably feel really bad about trying to defraud those innocent Jedi. Such bamboozlement is something to be extremely ashamed of. How dare you? Also, waking up the next day without any eyesight at all is an entirely unrelated side effect. You should be fine. Um, frequently, your mentor will need to travel to the Great Chot Sat the Great Chot Salt Flat communities in order to negotiate deals with the local moisture farmers. Many of these farmers will likely have banthas on site to assist in their labor. Make sure you stand directly behind one of these banthas without alerting it to your presence. The animal will almost certainly be startled and send a kick your way. But don't worry, the force of it will be so great you won't even feel it. In conclusion, apprenticeships are hard work and doing only what's expected of you isn't enough to be noticed. This means you actually need to accomplish less than what's expected. But now that you've read and internalized this step-by-step -step guide, you'll be equipped with everything you'll need to be the worst apprentice your watermonger mentor has ever had. You may even have some fun in the process. Oh, and if you ever get strapped for cash, 
you can always sell your boss's kids in the Outer Rim slave trade. <laughs> like that. That was good. That's definitely a way to lose your Watermonger's apprenticeship, I would say. <laughs> yeah. I like the, uh, the Doug part from Malister, and especially Dangerous yep. Doug. Um, Great. Hmm. I wonder if I could apply any of that advice to my current job at all. I'll have to see. To give it a little... There's no uh, Beggar's Canyon, but... Um, to practice my sniper shooting from, but uh, <laughs> it, no, it wasn't Beggar's Canyon. What, what is that? What it was I forget? Yeah, a lot like of facts the, in the Dune turn in Beggar's Canyon. Could be. Yeah, I'll I'll send it to you. You should, uh, you know, read it. Read a paragraph from it every day before you go to bed. <laughs> that was good. That had a lot of good facts in it. You did some research no, for that one. No, it was all up here. <laughs> A lot of geographical uh, notes in there as well. Yeah, no, I like, uh, I looked up, I, I tried to see if I could find like, if anyone had put together a map of Tatooine mm. or any of the cities or anything. And there were some things, but they were really bad. But I found one that had, uh, m- they put Mos Espa up here, Mos Eisley down here, and then like the Dune Sea. But then they made like this, like, uh, they used different colored lines to map out the route that you know r2d2 and c3po oh, okay. took when they're like wandering through the desert and then they there is the circle that was the circuit that the jawas take that go around <laughs> everything up to mos Espa and then down to mos Eisley. and anyway that was pretty cool and i used that yeah. a bit to like write that nice but. and we got a little bit in the mandalorian where he says where she says mos Espa's here mos Eisley's here and mos pelgo's down here and that was like as much as you get in like as far as like geographical in the actual Star Wars uh, on-screen stuff that you would know, yeah. But a lot of well, I was uh, a lot of Book of Boba oh, took sorry. place in Mos Espa, right? Mm-hmm. But we never got to saw, see the race course at all, like until Mando flies on it. But like true, every time they like true. showed the whole city, I'm like looking for like where the Bunta Eve Classic took place, but uh, I couldn't find it anywhere. So yeah, um, when I was looking this up, uh. Part of me was a little bit confused. I was like, okay, okay, wait. So which city is the Lars homestead like mm. close to? Is it, and you know, where did, did Anakin, like did Shmi live like in Mos Espa or is that where Watto like works? I, and I like found a little bit of information, but it's just not something that is like super clear. I assume um, that Mos Eisley is close to the Lars homestead because that's the cantina that they go to with Obi-Wan. Um right. Because what does he say? Most Eisley's... What does he say? A wretched hive. Find a... Yeah. yeah, A hive of scum and villainy. A more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I don't think we see Most Espa until uh, Phantom Menace. I don't think we see it in the other movies at all. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, One thing that was interesting when I was looking up, I found that the, um, the... place where they filmed the Lars homestead mm. um is a place that you can actually visit in Tunisia. Tunisia and it's a hotel that you can stay in for only about twenty dollars a night. Oh really? You just have yeah. to get there. Um yeah. I don't know how safe it is to travel to Tunisia. I don't know enough about uh, Tunisia international politics. But... Uh I was gonna say that was Africa, but am I wrong? Is that Africa? No, it is it's like North okay. Africa next to like Egypt and Libya. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh but I, I looked up a little bit. It's it's actually um, when they were filming there, they used a traditional, like, indigenous Tunisian, like, uh, cave dwelling. Mm. So, like, those pits 
that that you see in in a, a New Hope is how um, people in the Tunisian desert were living for you know thousands of years, and that people still like live in those kinds of uh, uh, pit like um, cave dwellings. Yeah. That was pretty cool. It's it's wild to think about. Like, and you see some pictures of this, but it's wild to think about how hot it must have been in the desert while they're filming. And then you got like, for one, them wearing all the like robes that they do. For two, you have Kenny Baker inside of the R2-D2. Like, it's a metal cylinder with a metal top on it. And you're putting a human being inside of that for the acting. And and it's like, and then you have, you know, C-3PO and all of his getup. Like, you got... uh, um what's his name chewbacca whatever i forget the actor's name but uh like danny mayhew or or something peter Peter mayhew Mayhew. yeah um like it had to be so hot it's crazy but yeah i guess that's why they got like four thousand (laughs) dollars yeah (laughs) and millions in marketing afterwards and uh i was gonna say job security for uh for life for all the star wars movies and then i thought well not all of them What's his name? David Prowse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Didn't get that. I wonder. He was like uh, banished from Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Him and uh, Lucas don't get along too well, I don't think. Was he, who Who was in the Vader suit for the second two movies? I wonder. David Prowse, I assume, was only in the Vader suit in the first movie. Um, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, it might have still been him, but I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I can't, I, I can't remember when. I know that it was definitely after the first one came out that he was upset that they had redubbed his voice with James Earl Jones, like without telling him or, or, or whatever it was. But yeah, it was. I had heard that it wasn't until it came out and they were watching like the what they call the first time they show it, like to the public, like the premiere. Yeah, that that's when David Prowse found out that they weren't using his voice, um, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to find out who wore it in in the other two movies. But yeah. It's interesting. I think in the Kenobi show that's coming out, that Hayden Christensen will be wearing the Darth Vader suit. Oh, really? And then, yeah, because well, I'm not sure exactly. The it was announced that he would come back for the Kenobi show to reprise his role as Anakin, but it's I don't know how much Anakin we will see. Maybe there will be flashbacks to Clone Wars era stuff, and we'll see pre Darth Vader Anakin. Or maybe it will just be Hayden Christensen in the suit. Um, but it would be interesting to see if James Earl Jones is going to voice Darth Vader yet again. Yeah. And he will have been, been playing this character for how many years has it been? 50 years? Yeah. I mean, they almost have to. I feel like with the technology they have, they can, they'll still be able to do Vader's voice even after... Like, okay, James Earl Jones is going to die at some time, right? He's getting old. I don't know how old he is, but he's getting old. Um, he was born in 1931, so he's 91 years old. Wow. Right? That's the correct math. Um, Um, I I don't know. But like when Rogue One came out, I'm like, oh, it's still James Earl Jones, but it sounds like an older, like you start to sound older at some point and he definitely sounded older. And so I feel like they're going to have to get somebody else. Like who does his voice in Clone Wars or like who did his voice in Clone Wars? I mean, um, Rebels, because he was in Rebels, um, and he... Ooh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Yeah. So I'm sure they'll fi- be able to find somebody to do it if he can't. Or they'll just fully synthesize the voice um, and use past audio and somehow make, you can say, like you get those apps that you can download and you can say whatever you want, like Vader's voice. So someone will be able to create that for them. Gotcha. 
Well, um, I don't want to take up the rest of your night. I know that we're having so much fun and that uh, you have no other uh, responsibilities. Or <laughs> No, it's good. I mean, I'll take any excuse to talk about Star Wars. So um, Great. Yeah, unfortunately, this time it had to be Battle for Endor. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Pokemon and uh, Game, yes. Game Boy. The evolution of the Game Boy. Everything else. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Sitting down, I was like, man, like, how am I gonna feel? How are we gonna feel like a whole, you know, fifty, forty five minutes of content? Uh, but here we are pushing two hours. So, <laughs> well, that's what I, like my goal usually is like if I can get twenty minutes, that's like a decent episode, right? Twenty minutes is like that's my goal. I'm like, oh man, how am I gonna talk about this for twenty minutes? Like I have like four lines of notes, and then you get talking about it, and you go on all these tangents. And honestly, a lot of times the tangents. To me, like some of the best content, like even other shows I listen to, unless I'm listening specifically for information about something, um, I just like to hear the people talk about whatever and go way off topic. So yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, it's always entertaining when you're listening to two people that that talk and they're like, just like their conversation is real mm-hmm. and engaging enough that it just like it's natural and it flows every right. which way, and it's fun to like listen to like where it goes. Yeah. So yeah. So if you want. I would sell you this Game Boy. It's uh, if you never had one, this is a good place to start. Five hundred dollars, and it's yours. So, uh, do you take uh, galactic credits? Republic, Republic credits, credits are no good around here. <laughs> All right. Um, well, thanks again yeah. for joining me. Uh, maybe we should do this again next year for uh, Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, we Day. should. Maybe we'll watch Caravan of Courage by then, <laughs> or maybe not. But uh, we have a year to see if we come up with a better idea, and if not, that there's always that to fall back on. <laughs> if we watch, uh, if we start right now and we just watch one minute a day, we can get it. Well, that that makes sense. Yeah, we could get it all done in a year. Yeah, we could do that. Oh man, there's so there's a lot of those like minute by minute podcasts, yeah. and you're doing one for uh, Fast and Furious. Um, Fast and Furious right now. Yeah, but and actually, we do. I I don't think there are any minute by minute Ewok adventure podcast out there we, we could, could be the be first that one yeah um yeah i don't know there i don't know if it's worth the effort <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about it, it's there's no effort when you're doing what you disney love. plus will be surprised by how many new views that movie has because every day we'll be logging on to watch one minute and uh they'll be like oh my word this this movie's blowing up so people are logging on every day to watch it like I, they have to have some uh, sort of analytics it would be interesting to see how often these types of movies get watched um because it can't be a lot right no there's no way <laughs> yeah but yeah thanks for having me on the i'm show. sure like when they when they first released like the vintage star wars oh yeah there was a spike oh, yeah. of people curious like what is this and <laughs> probably zero it's been flat zero yeah. ever since then and i was probably the first uh of you this afternoon in at least seven or eight <laughs> yeah. months yeah that sounds that sounds right yeah that sounds right yeah Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks again mm-hmm. for jumping on. Yeah. Uh, always love to have you as a guest. Yeah. I, nope, just kidding. I guess this is your first time. No, I always love having you on as the a show. guest. True, Once, true. I think it was. Yeah. We, but we'll definitely have to do this more often. We, We've, uh, we both love being guests. We we did invite you, like, in se- for real, like, a, a whole year ago <laughs> to come on the show. We were going to do an episode, and then... I've watched uh, lots of things happen last summer, and I've watched so many Veggie Tales since you asked me to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. 
Just keep doing, keep going. Okay. How uh, many do I need to watch before you let me be on the show? Uh, we're, we will ask the questions here. You will do as you're told. But <laughs> no, but yeah, we'll 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 talk to we'll have our people talk to your okay. people. That sounds good. Yeah. No. I yeah. I'm excited. I like I like awesome. guest hosting maybe more than I like hosting because literally I came to this with no notes and uh, when you're like guiding when you're like hosting I feel like you like I don't know it's just more stressful so I was like right. well if I sound really stupid I'm just the guest host so it doesn't really matter <laughs> so <laughs> uh no anyway um I guess I should maybe wrap up by saying some housekeeping or yeah know, credits or i don't know whatever i think sydney and i are just barely to the point in the podcast where we feel like we have a flow in the beginnings and the ends and stuff but now that we're coming out with a couple more of these bonus episodes by either just me or just sydney i have, I have no idea like what to do <laughs> but let me just throw out a couple facts for the listener yeah. um my name is josh um i'm the host uh thanks for participating well i'm one of them uh, my wife sydney is the other one but she is not here because today was a bonus episode. But I was joined by, uh, what's your name again? I think, have we met? <laughs> Hi, I'm Ryan. The Wait, you're not supposed to say oh. your name on the internet. You got to use your podcast oh, uh, code oh, name. I'm Rye exclamation point T. That's the proper pronunciation. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, yeah. How do you spell I thought it would be pretty cool to be like Riot, but like the I is an exclamation point, right? R Y exclamation point T, but an astounding mm-hmm. amount of places won't let you put that as your username. So it's just riot, just normal R Y I T. So gotcha. Yeah. Um. Well, do you want to take a moment to plug all of your internet uh, endeavors? Yeah, sure. Uh, so you can check me out on MySpace. I have seven friends. Uh, Tom, Tom <laughs> is number one. Were you ever around with MySpace, Josh? You're pretty young. No, yeah, you're pretty no, young. no. You're Facebook only before. Well, I think it was it was around. I just oh. never got into social media. Yeah. Like I didn't even make a Facebook until like twenty seventeen okay. or something. You can check out my um, uh, explicit raps on SoundCloud. <laughs> another another lie. Um, well, uh, I'll I'll have to ask for your permission. Maybe we can use one of them for the the, the theme song of this yeah, episode. We could do that. I just have to write and record one quick. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, I uh, yeah, I do host a couple podcasts that you mentioned earlier. Uh, Fast and Furious one called Granny Shifting, where we watch one minute of a Fast and Furious movie and talk about it. Uh, and I have a sort of Star Wars podcast uh, that Josh is a patron of and uh, has been for a long time, and I appreciate him greatly. And uh, that one is every other week, and it's sort of about Star Wars and sort of about everything else. Um, and I'll say it's fifty percent Star Wars, maybe. Um, and then the last one, yeah, is Dad reads books, where it's just me reading kids' books. That one actually is by far, like by miles, more quote successful. And if you view success as listens, um, it could just be my kids listening to it over and over and over and over again. But I don't know, maybe. But so that one's just that one's. I put almost no time into it. Um, but it's cool. My kids always ask to listen to Dad reads books at night um so and yeah that's what i do great um i will link uh to all of those in the show notes um if i can figure out how 
that's what podcasters always yeah. say link in the show yeah. notes but uh i don't know what the show notes are or <laughs> I don't you know, know where they are how to put things in them <laughs> people never I, I just assumed that if i say link in the show notes that it just automatically ends right. up there yeah google's just listening right. and they just add it in they just add it in yeah um uh but you can uh, you can find me on instagram at josh is rich uh separated by underscores my wife sydney is on instagram at dip your chicken i still don't know like what that <laughs> means um she she won't tell me <laughs> But some she's at Dip Your Chicken on all the yeah. socials. Um, you can find our podcast on Instagram at TFP underscore pod. And uh, we're at TFP underscore show on Twitter. And uh, our, we have a Gmail, uh, participating.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, our artwork's by Vaishan Brandon. Our music's by Mitch Fry. Uh, you can see them at Vaishan Designs on Instagram and at Firefry underscore on Instagram. And also Mitch Fry on music. Um, and I think that's it. So I think we uh, can finally... Uh, stop this Skype call and, and finally get rid of you. Finally, <laughs> good heavens! <laughs> Been so hungry. <laughs> no, no, this was this was so yes. fun. Uh, I love any uh chance to talk with you either on Discord yeah. or um the couple chances we've had to to record together. It's always fun. It's awesome. Um, here's a question for you regarding: Did you stop recording? Uh, Not yet. Okay. Well, this isn't related to your podcast. It's related to my podcast. But you've been enjoying Bang Energy. <laughs> yeah, occasionally I I like to switch it up. Like, I'm the kind of person I don't like to try, like, the same thing. Like, Sydney, she will go to an ice cream place. She'll order the same uh, thing yes. every single time. Uh, and I, I always want to try something different. We'll go to the gas station, and I'll always try to, like, either grab a different drink or a different flavor of, you know, different energy drinks. And, and I won't go back to one that I've tried recently until I've given a couple right. other ones. So the, the most recent energy drink that I just got last night was full throttle. Yeah. I don't know if they have those on the yeah. East Coast, but... Yeah, we. Uh, I went on a camping trip with someone one time when we were still in high school. Uh, we camped out at um, Ocean City, New Jersey, which is about three hours away from us. And we bought all our own groceries. It was like $20 to camp like by the beach each night. And so it was pretty cheap, but we were on a tight budget. And so we went to this like local uh, like discount grocery store where it's like all like almost expired or expired stuff. And we bought all our groceries there. Um, and we only bought, uh, full throttle to drink. That's the only drink that we took full throttle energy drink. Cause it was like a whole, like, yeah. you know, box cardboard box, like of 12 of them for like $5, you know what I mean? And so like, well, I guess that's what we're drinking right. this whole trip. And we got so tired of them, <laughs> but I have like videos of us drinking these full throttles. I haven't had one since, but yeah, I know they still exist, but yeah, I, uh, my first job, um, was at a theme like amusement mm -hmm. park with roller coasters and stuff that we have here when I was like 14. Uh, and I would take the bus and it was like a 45 hour, not 45 <laughs> hour, 45 minute bus ride. But then when I was 16, um, I could finally like work late and I got a car. And so sometimes I'd get off work as like a supervisor closing up at like 2 AM and I'd be afraid it would be like a 15, 20 minute drive home on the freeway. And I was afraid of falling asleep. So I'd stop at the gas station and get them. And the only ones they had there were full mm. throttle. And so I would drink them all the time when I was 16. And so, yeah, this was the first one I've had in so many years last night. And I was like, this is not <laughs> as uh, good as I thought it, as I remember it being. I think, so I know I, the Green Monster is probably my favorite flavor of energy drink that I've had. I don't go to it always because, like, I don't remember last time I've had one just because of the sugar content and the 160 milligrams of caffeine it's like if i'm gonna drink 16 ounces of this much sugar it should have more caffeine but flavor wise for some reason that flavor to me i don't know if it's nostalgic or something 
But like that flavor of the green monster is just like my absolute favorite uh, energy drink flavor. <clears throat> but Bang, Bang doesn't have anything similar to that. So, yeah. Yeah, Bang is, uh, I've realized it's just a gamble whether you're going to get something really, really good mm-hmm. or whether you're going to take a few sips and just hate it because it's disgusting yeah. and it tastes like key lime pie vomit. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's a couple that's like that I've tried and I'm just like, these are awful. Um, but I found like, <clears throat> excuse me, three or four that I get like almost every time and I just like those now. So great. Cool. Cool. Uh, well, enjoy the rest of your evening. Uh, I know you're usually up yeah. late, but uh, so it's all right. <laughs> I don't have to be at work till seven, so I got another oh, seven great. hours. Hey, listeners, this is editing Josh from the future. I realized we never officially closed out this episode, so I'm gonna jump back in to bid you all a fond farewell. Until next time, this has been thanks for participating. Sort of. <laughs> Get it? I said sort of on Star Wars Day. And I had Ryan from Sort of Star Wars Podcast on this episode. Boom. Just brought it full circle. Okay, but for reals, uh, I'm going to stop recording now. No, you hang up. Latest gators.